Hello, I'm June Sarpong and welcome to Championing Women's Voices, a new podcast from NatWest sharing the stories of incredible women and their work. In this series, I'm going to be speaking to guests from all different walks of life, a business, sport, entertainment and activism to discuss strategies for success, whatever that means, and to learn how we can inspire and support one another. Today, we're discussing work and motherhood, probably the most difficult thing uh, to balance and one that I think doesn't get talked about enough, not in the right way anyway. Why do women still need to look after children, juggling work and a home? Women are twice as likely as men to mention family responsibilities as a barrier to starting a business. And in the studio, I'm pleased to welcome two inspiring and incredibly successful businesswomen and mothers uh, to hear how they found a successful balance between work life and home life. So, with me in the studio today, we have mummy blogger, influencer, and founder of Make Motherhood Diverse, Candice Braithwaite. Hello, Candice. Hello. How are you? Good. Good to hear it. Looking forward to talking more. And we are also joined by the co-founder and CEO of Amazing If, whose purpose is to make work better for everyone and to help people navigate squiggly careers. Helen Tupper, what is a squiggly career? You can tell me in a minute. How are you? Very well, thank you. <laughs> so good to have you here. Uh, the world of work is changing, but the needs of children and the worlds of school and childcare haven't changed at all. So how do we navigate the challenges of combining careers and motherhood? The Alison Rose Review of Female Entrepreneurship explored the disparity that exists between female and male entrepreneurs and identified key barriers that have an impact on female entrepreneurs. The report identified that a disproportionate amount of family care responsibilities make it much harder for women to start and run their own business. Here we have two women uh, who are mothers and have managed to do precisely that. So my first question to you both is how? Candice, do you want to tell me? Let's just start frank. It's about finding the right guy or partner. Okay. I know that, you know, it was really about tabling that conversation from the beginning of our relationship. Oh, you want kids? Cool. I can give birth to them, but I'm not like a stay-at-home mummy type person. Ooh. Yeah. I, and and you were that frank. Yeah. The, off the top, I was like, <laughs> I'm not going to, you know, and I, I'll stay at home with them whilst they're young, but I always saw myself Working. having... Yeah, always. And having your own business. Yes, definitely. And so when you first had your... You have two children, yes. correct? So when you first had your children, how long did you stay with them? Did you take time off or did your partner straight away sort of step in no I took time off with my daughter I didn't go back to work till she was about 18 months okay so you I got a while yeah, I wow. got a new job when she was 18 months and I just found it really hard being at home mm. you love this baby but the baby can't communicate with you <laughs> you don't have any work friends you know there are no hobbies there's no outside and it got to the point where he would pull up home from work and I'd be waiting on the doorstep to have holding, a conversation no 
holding the baby aloft, like in The Lion King, trying to push the baby through his open car window, like, come and collect your, your child. child. <laughs> this is yours. <laughs> I needed that time, and I think he will attest that me going back to work and then having my own business has made me a better mum. Mm, and partner, I'm yeah, sure. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Helen? So I've got two children. I've got Henry, who's four, and Madeline, who's two. And oh, wow, it's a little one. Yeah, yeah. really little. Um, and little and lovely, but not always easy. Mm. And I had Henry when I used to work for Virgin. And so I was working five days a week full-time at Virgin. And then I joined Microsoft when I was pregnant with my second child. So I went through the interviews and then... Pregnant while you were Yeah, which I think is interesting. In itself, I mean, the data around that. Yeah. So well done, you. And talked about it and kind of put that on the table during the interview process. I mean, well, you couldn't hide visible. it. Yeah. Do you know what? It was a nine-month interview process. Process. So when I started, I wasn't. <gasps> oh, then. my God. <laughs> Gradually, obviously, I started to grow in a very specific way. Uh, so so became, like, you're going on mat leave as soon as you start, well, really? Yeah. So I joined four months later. I went on maternity leave. And they were brilliant about it. But I, And then now I run my own company. So I've sort of traversed, like, motherhood in, like, corporate roles and mm. And starting a business. Yeah. And I think what the way I make it work is I have a an amazing system of support around me. So my husband is very supportive of me and my career and I feel like I can be really frank about how important my career is to me and he's mm. super supportive of that. I have amazing childcare. Someone told me years ago, I was travelling a lot with my job and I was like, I think I want children. I don't know how this is going to work. And they were like, invest everything in your childcare. <laughs> that is, you need childcare you can trust in. And so I have a brilliant childcare, an amazing lady called Amanda who looks after my children and an ability to keep flexing. So I don't mm. have like a rule, like this is exactly how my working week is going to be every okay. single week. I just adapt it as I go and that support. But being an entrepreneur means you can. Mm. It's very hard if you're working in a full-time job with an employer who perhaps isn't as supportive of motherhood, really. Yeah, do you know, I think in some ways I've been really fortunate. So Virgin Microsoft's my experience of being a working parent Mm. and they have both had amazing policies Mm. that have been able to help me to be a working mum and almost put clearer boundaries around it. I actually find now running my own business, that I don't have those lovely professional boundaries that the company's put in place. I just yeah. have mine. And and they're a bit... They're, <laughs> they're movable. Yeah. yeah. They're a bit more fluid. They're a lot more fluid. <laughs> Candice, let's talk about a Make Motherhood Diverse. Mm. And number one, why? Why did you feel that the influencer space needed mm. your voice? Mm. And what do you think was missing? So more or less, it's kind of the same question, really. When I had my daughter, she's going to be six this year, I spent a lot of time on Instagram and social media and all those parenting hashtags were leading me to mums that did not look like me. Or your family. Or my family, or my socioeconomic background. It was all like £2,000 pushchairs <laughs> and a designer striped top and a shiny bob. I was so thirsty for just literally some diversity. Mm. And I knew I could plant the seeds then, but they wouldn't grow because I didn't have a platform or a voice, but I thought, well, black women use social media, Asian women, disabled women use social media. And then beyond that, I'm always thinking about business and the bottom line. And I figured, right, if the same type of women and men represent parenting, where does the money go? 
Who's advertising parenting products? Mm. The money's not being shared fairly. The more diverse the space, there's a wider pool of people to choose from and more people get to make money. Also, there's a customer base. Yeah, yeah I'm just like, yeah. I use those bottles. I buy that push chair, but I never see me in the advert. Mm. So I was like, once my personal platform's big enough, I want to create a space where every kind of parent gets to see themselves. And that's when Make Motherhood Diverse came along. Wow. And what was the process setting it up and making it make money? Oh, gosh. So Make Motherhood Diverse makes no money for me. Okay. But what I do get to do is consult and a brand or a person will call me up. I need this many mums that all the various races, disabilities, and I get to go out and say, this is what this person's paying. Will you be in this ad? Will you be in this shoot? I'm just now like this unpaid middleman. And just recently I got to work on a shoot with this great app and to see the joy on women's faces who are stuck at home all day with their kids and never get to make their own money, to see them turn up to a day's work and get paid and they can bring their kid. I literally skipped off the shoe. Mm. I was like, oh my God, I just love this feeling. And I love being able to bring women in who never get seen. Mm. And their messages to me are always like, I can't believe I was part of something so major. Mm. But for my personal brand, oh God, it took ages for me to make money. Ages. But I was just committed to the end product. Mm -hmm. I was like, I believe that I can do this. And in my mind, I'm like a baby Oprah. And and what was the ages? (laughs) How long was that? Two, three years? Oh, God, four. Before you could make money? Four How did you guys survive? We didn't. I remember one time I went to my mum's house and she, like, packed my handbag down with, like, tin salmon and rice. And I remember when my daughter was born one night, we had to make a harsh decision between a packet of nappies or topping up the gas meter. (gasps) Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What does that do to a relationship? (laughs) That kind of pressure? It tests you like you wouldn't believe. But also, I think him and I have been tested in ways that some people don't get tested on until they're 20, Mm. 30 years deep. And sometimes that relationship then doesn't work. Whereas you guys have brought I'm like, we've weathered the storm in the early years. And it's only now we get to look at each other and be like, fancy a holiday. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) We can afford that. (laughs) So, Helen, tell me what Amazing If does and also what is a squiggly career? Yeah, a squiggly career. Well, let's start there because that's kind of why Amazing okay. If does what it does. Mm-hmm. So, a squiggly career is the modern world of work that a lot of people find themselves in. So, sometimes it's easy to start with what it's not. It's not predictable. It's not linear. Mm-hmm. It's not about following everybody else's path oh, yeah. Yeah, and doing what people expect of you. If you look at what's changing in work at the moment, you've got more diversity in the workplace than ever before. Look at generational diversity. So, you've got five different generations, all working at the same time, even in the same places. Technology changing, like how we're working, new jobs that didn't exist before, like a multitude of people that now support Instagram, for example, was not a job that people could have planned for like five, ten years ago. And then also how people are working, so flexible working, remote working, and all of this is happening simultaneously. And what it means is that careers are a bit more ambiguous, uh, a bit more challenging for people to navigate, but they're also way more full of opportunity because I don't have to do what the last person who did my job did. Mm. And maybe I can do a side project or maybe I can contract and freelance and go back into that corporate role. Portfolio careers. Absolutely. And so what we noticed about six years ago was that squiggly career was like a thing that people identified with, but people either felt 
really excited by it or a bit scared by it and daunted because they didn't know what to do. And mm. actually, the majority of people felt quite scared and daunted. Yeah, even though they wanted one. Mm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Everyone was like, oh, I love this idea of this squiggly. That sounds brilliant. However, I don't know how to do it. Yeah. And so we decided, myself, my business partner, Sarah, we did it as a side project to begin with. It was never meant to be our jobs. Um, it was very you happy. were both friends at university, <laughs> right? Friends at uni. Yeah. It was never meant to be the job. And we just put on evening courses. I was at Verge at the time. They totally embraced the entrepreneurialism of it and helping other people. And so we decided we would identify what skills we thought helped people to succeed in the squiggly career. And we would produce some courses and materials to help them to take action. And that was all it was supposed to be. And then it kind of just grew and companies started bringing us in. Actually, really, companies that embraced the idea that not all of their employees had to fit in a certain box or a certain path, but the best way for them to engage their employees was to treat them as individuals and help them to design a career that worked for them within mm. the organisation. Mm. And that's been what's happened, really, and it's just sort of grown in lots of different directions since then. Amazing. And so in terms of the business, how does the business make money? What is the, yeah. So you consult? What does a couple of different ways? So we we coaching, think, um, yeah, I, I, we kind of run lots of workshops for organisations. So we work with organisations three different ways. So what we call mindsets, management, and mobility. So mindsets will go into an organisation and we will help them to really think about how uh, to train growth mindset in their company or how to help people really understand what their strengths are. And we run lots of different workshops on that. We do lots of pieces around managers. So mm. at work, 70% of someone's engagement in work is dependent on their manager. Mm. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've all got good ones. We've all yeah, had bad ones. And, yeah, and you take yeah. them you take them home with you at the dinner you table. Do. You do. You take like, them home with you. There's no getting away from and them. And your whole career, you go, oh, that awful manager 10 years ago. <laughs> and they're still at the dinner table and you're yeah. still talking about them. So we help organize organizations to think what is a growth mindset manager how do you help people to be their best at work and in the context of like motherhood for example mm. helping someone to understand well what's their impact how can they be at their best and that might mean you might need to redesign work around that person mm. rather than making that person redesign themselves around mm. the work so what, yeah. what does that look like and the last thing's mobility so how do you help people move within an organization and not just in this like linear must get promoted to get yes yeah so even if you're staying at your level, you're getting that sort of excitement and Absolutely. new challenges that expand your mind and your ability within yeah, the company. Yeah, and your sense okay. of achievement and Which is preparation for promotion anyway. Exactly, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. almost like they help people to progress before they feel the need to be promoted. Because I get it, yeah. You're preempting. Yes. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> so now for both of you, social media has meant that as busy mothers, you can have your own businesses. And obviously social media often gets a bit of a bad rap. But for you, without it, your careers wouldn't exist, no? I completely agree. I think it gets a bad rap because people don't understand it or we're in a time where people are being sold things falsely or people are trying to sneak ads in. It can be a, a place where if you lose trust, it's gone for good. Mm. But I've found social media and technology to be a new life source for mums especially. Mm. Even if you're not in the influencer market, so many people use social media, so many women use social to media. Connect to connect with other mums. Connect yeah. and advertise. And yeah. why would you not use this free tool yeah also and I think with what you do Candice which is 
Really important. Social media means that mothers from different ethnic backgrounds are mm -hmm. connecting. So with Make Motherhood Diverse, yeah. I bet you're connecting with women that are completely different to you, you know who what? probably wouldn't have been in your social circle exactly. otherwise. Yeah. Because I admit, when I came to the platform, I'm like, right, don't see black mums, because I was only looking for me. Mm. And then I had women writing me, they're like, I'm in a same-sex relationship, never see myself. Yeah. I'm in a wheelchair, my husband has one leg, we never see... And I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. it's not mm. just me. Yeah. There are so many different variations of people who don't get the chance to see themselves. Wonderful. And and for you, Helen? Well, I think I love working with organisations because I can see the change that we can make there and our mission is to make work better for everyone. But I recognise that not everyone works in the organisations that we work with. Yes. So for us, social media becomes gives us the ability to reach far more people in, in different stages in their career, in different places. It means that we can turn our tools into stuff that everyone can action. So I do like daily career coaching on Instagram stories. And you that, do? Yeah. And wow. so every day I've done like 300 odd now. Every day I do like a daily like three minute career tip. And it means that people that would wouldn't necessarily be in the organisation we happen to be working with next Thursday. Mm. Actually, Benefit. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. And it's so rewarding. And do you do them specifically with motherhood in mind? Sometimes. So sometimes we, we do them. It depends. <laughs> we don't take requests sometimes. I'll <laughs> 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 so, have that song, please. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'll kind of say like, what, what's most important to you. And I'll say these are five topics which, and I'll get them to upvote the one. And I'll be like, okay, on Friday, I'm going to talk for five minutes about making work work for everyone or how the things that I've learned from Candice this mm. week about about making kind of um, more kind of diverse workplaces for mothers to thrive in or something mm. like that. So it sort of depends what's current, what people want, but it just becomes a really human connection yeah. point. Yeah. I love it. So if you are a mother listening uh, to this podcast and you know you're inspired by both of you and you want to start a business, you've had this idea for ages, haven't gotten around to do it, what do you think is the most important advice you could give a woman like that? A woman who's balancing three babies, four babies, because the business is a baby too, isn't it? Mm. So what's your advice? I always ask mums to remember that one day your kid's going to be 16 and not want to know you. And you don't... And it comes quick. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't want to look back and think, right, I could have spent the last 16 years giving you a little less of my energy and time and building something that now has the reciprocity that I dislike. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, my daughter... But Candice, that is such an important point to make. And I'm so glad you said it because often, you know, we accuse mothers of being selfish if yeah. they're working. Yeah. But that's so valid. <laughs> and also the problem is even for couples, yeah. everything revolves around the kid. That kid's going one day and it's just you two. <laughs> and I don't want to be that mum that at 16, she's like sticking her middle finger up and I'm just like, what am I going to do with this? Oh, Please, can I hang out with you? <laughs> you know? And to know that they are also learning from you. Mm. Your kids will never resent the time you spent building this business. They're only going to learn from it. As long as you also have time for them too. Yeah, make yeah, time yeah. for them. But don't feel, it's not every day you have to take them out. It's not every day you have. My daughter knows, especially, she's like, oh, the office door's shut. My mum's working. Mm, yeah, Point Leave her alone. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'll make it out for story time or bath time, but I've got firm boundaries and that makes me a better mum. Good for you. Wow. <laughs> Very impressive. Very impressive. Helen? Um, I think really do it because you really love it because it's hard like it's really hard with the kids so sometimes I can't go to certain things mm. or you know I'll be like oh, can someone put them to bed because I'm going to be at this thing tonight and especially when I was juggling like a full-time job and the side project I had to be really sure about why I was doing it and I wanted them to see me 
to your point, Candice, about what your children see, I wanted them to see mummy working hard but not moaning about it. Yeah. I wanted them to see me loving my work because that's I want them to associate work with something that makes a difference mm. and is fulfilling and helps you to learn and grow, not something I go, oh, another meeting. Yeah. I don't want that to be what they grow up. So do it for you and because you love it because that's the thing that helps you stick with it and get through it when it gets tough because yes, it does, it get, does tough. get tough. Yeah. So speaking of getting tough, how do you deal with the guilt? Because children know how to guilt trip their mamas. Uh, and society knows how to guilt trip mothers too. You know, women, if they're going back to work, it's like, oh, you're not spending enough time with your kids. And then if you are a stay-at-home mum, is that all you do? It's almost like we cannot win. So how do you deal with the guilt? Helen? I feel like, so up to now, four and two, my children, they haven't felt the guilt too much. Okay, so they're I, not old enough I yet. know, but they're just turning. <laughs> they're and, just and turning. do you know what? It's my two-year-old girl who's doing it more than my four-year-old boys. Because yeah. it's, it's, it's always the girls. It's always the girls. <laughs> and she'll say, oh, mummy, don't get the train to London today. And I'll be like, oh, interesting. But I... I'm just hold true to what I want her to see and that I want the time I spend with them, I'm with it. You're all in. I'm all in. I'm all in. And yes, there is a lot of time when I'm all out and I'm doing my work thing. But I I feel really confident in the environment I'm creating for them, the principles that they're seeing, the ethic that they are observing for me and my husband, actually. So I feel okay with my decisions. And I think you have to be kind to yourself. I think parents, mums in particular, have to be kind to themselves and kind to everybody else Mm. because there's all this judgment whirling around with motherhood and the point I'm at I think you've got to keep adapting like that's where they are right now and so my guilt you know I'm all right with at the moment but let's say one of them's having a tough time at school and then I might think do you know what I need to dial something back and be there more than I was last week just having that flexibility in your thinking is it easier with younger kids do you think what what is do you know what I ask people for advice about this all the time like when's the hard bit have I gone through the hard (laughs) bit is it coming the answer I don't know what you get back the answer I get back is it's hard at different stages for different reasons Okay. Um, when they're teenagers you've got a whole load of emotions and problems and right now they're just very demanding I don't know what your experience of Candice my daughter's six but she's really mature and she really knows how to dial up the guilt (laughs) But I have this rare insight because I was raised by my maternal grandfather. So I had a man bathe me and give me dinner and take me to school. Oh, yeah. And I, okay. <laughs> and I, I saw my mum like first thing in the morning, last thing at night. It's just made me see how there's value in that also. And so when my daughter gets guilty, I literally take out a pen and a pad and I'm like, right, so this after school club, this coat, this piece of uniform. I'm like, so how do we think all of this gets paid for? Like, I really, and she's like, oh, yeah. Thanks, mum. <laughs> you so, you know, and I think giving her an adult answer, then she pulls back on the guilt because she's like, actually, you're going out there for me. And that's just as important. Oh, how wonderful. Amazing. Well, you know, talking about um, men taking on non-traditional roles, you've spoken, Candice, and you've sort of blogged a lot with your family and your partner, Papa B. Yeah. Love a bit of Papa (laughs) B. God bless him. So for you, because your maternal grandfather was so hands-on, I suppose having a man who's doubly hands-on with his children was normal for you, right? Yeah, completely. Yeah. Like, I never saw... My granddad got in a... He was mugged and he was left blind in one eye. Oh, wow. So he was deemed as unfit for work. And my nan went out and paid the mortgage every day. Okay. That, that's just how... I never saw the women in my life. They were always the... Working. Yeah. And, uh, I, but the men were 
at home yeah. supporting. supporting. Yes. And it's about now having to like reframe how we see masculine and feminine roles. Yes. Who should be. I don't care who's at home and who's at work. What works best for your family? Who's going to bring in the income that makes you live the life of your dreams? Sometimes it's the woman. Sometimes it's the man. And that's always interchangeable because it could be one thing today. And I know someone, God bless her, she was the breadwinner. Then she got stage four cancer. Wow. And it then became something else that you've always got to be prepared to be like, okay, we need to do a U-turn or change things up because it's now different. But I'm just very open to everyone playing a role that they're best fit for at that time. Yeah. Yeah. But then how do you deal with the societal pressures in terms of what we expect from men? Because for your partner, in terms of ego and and Mm. the way other people respond to him, that couldn't have been easy. Do you know what? He still works full time and he's really high up in his career and he's respected. But when I hear him speak to his friends about me, there's such a sense of pride. Oh, wonderful. He's like, no, she's a boss. And I I just support the boss. He can stay. Papa B can stay. And so it's not that his masculinity is being demoralised. We're just showing that there's a new way to do it. Mm. And But also I'm really old fashioned. Even if I choose to pay the bill in a restaurant, I'll make him put the card down. Oh, I'm really, I'm really, really? yeah, I'm, oh, I'm really okay. like, it's I love really, it, I yeah. take it. I'm really, yeah. I'm really weird like that. What is that about? I don't know. Okay. Well, don't next know. podcast, we'll, <laughs> we'll distill that. <laughs> Helen, you've talked about how supportive your husband yeah, is Yeah, really well. supportive and, and pre-children as well. So like we moved because of my career. We lived apart for about 18 months when I had one job, like he lived in one city, I had an apartment in somewhere else and I was on a plane constantly and he's just very very supportive I think the biggest thing for me is that we're both ambitious okay so it's really we have to adjust quite constantly and say okay well whose career is doing what at the moment and therefore so I've got the book coming out in January and I'm already saying January is likely to be quite a busy time because you're going to be on promotion yes and I'm probably going to be away a little bit so like what can we do in advance does he have a full-time job yeah he has a full-time job and so that's when we kind of we we just think ahead my business partner laughs because we'll sometimes like almost have a little meeting with each other almost like it's a work thing and be like okay so let's put some things in place so try not to be in January it's just three nights a week that you're out and this is what we're going to do and take these days and we just plan it together a bit like it's a meeting which That's might brilliant. be a bit geeky but it It works, yeah. Yeah. And also it means that the family knows what's coming up and everybody knows where they stand and the role they have to play in the picture, isn't it? Yeah, It just feels really equitable. Mm. Sometimes I feel like I'm taking more because of sort of the nature of my career. Because it's so squiggly. Yeah, because it's so squiggly. (laughs) And and at the moment it's going at a pace. And so I sometimes feel like I'm taking more, but I just make sure that I show as much appreciation as I can Mm. because I get a lot of that support and that means I can do what I do. So you mentioned having great childcare, Mm. um, but let's also talk about the cost of childcare. And so for a lot of women, sometimes going back to work doesn't actually make financial sense. This is where starting your own business can really sort of kick in and, mm. and help that. No? Well, I so when I was at, um, in corporate life, you get this a certain amount of money that every month you get from your company that you can go and put towards childcare. And as soon as you work for yourself, that goes. Oh, so that's what goes. Yeah. And you can't get free childcare until the child's three. Mm. So you have this period of time, and then it's 15 hours. But, you know, those 15 hours count. When you, when you can get those 15 hours, you're like, <laughs> yeah, amazing. That. That's, that's, that's helpful. My, Henry's now in school full time, so that helps. And my little girl um, is in preschool. But... I find it really strange. It is hard, their costs, until they're three. And I think, gosh, 
three years out for I planned for it and I saved for it and we we're able to kind of bridge that boundary oh, until the money the money comes in okay. for those 15 hours but I think for a lot of people they can't bridge it they don't no. have a job that bridges for it so they're out of the workplace potentially for three years Oof. while they're waiting for the money and what that does to your career and, and your confidence yeah. and your like your ability when we talk about the workplace changing technology changing jobs three years out I mean yeah. it's very possible to return and some organisations are doing great things for returners but it's now very hard. but it's hard and it's yeah. hard on your confidence mm-hmm. I think so and we've seen the impact it has on women's career trajectories. It almost, yeah. I think it's a real shame that there isn't there. more financial support for yes. returning women. For, and that early stage of motherhood. Absolutely. Got you. Okay, so you've talked about dads in your... I was going to ask, do dads do enough? But in your case, dads <laughs> certainly do They're enough. They're on it. They're on it. What's your husband called? It's Gareth. Gareth, we've got a lot of love for you, Gareth. <laughs> Keep it up. Papa B as well. We know that. Um... <laughs> So do you think that being a mum has improved the way you run your business? I wouldn't have a business without them kids. Really? Wouldn't. Having Esme just made me realise that there was money to be made in terms of advertising and parenting. Uh-huh. So I wouldn't have even... Considered it? No. no. And I, I look at them every day and I'm like, you guys are the reason I even have a career. For sure. Wow. Yeah. Helen? I think I'm more confident because of my children, and I can't quite work out why, but I just feel a bit more uh, self Do you know what, though? I have to add to, like, any companies listening, the fact they don't want to hire mums blows my mind. You're never going to get a more on-point mm. employee a more who can multitask. multitask. <laughs> <laughs> You guys are missing on a trick. Yeah. Like, because once a woman has children, you just realise how precious time is. Yeah. yeah. And I, I just don't understand why companies don't see that. But anyway. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. And I think I'm better at time managing. I'm clearer about what I'm good at because yeah. I've got better at like focusing on those like spots when I'm able mm. to be present. And I think I just have a bit more perspective and a bit more empathy. You know, yeah. I think that as well. Yeah. I feel like I can build relationships when people work for me at Microsoft. I just have a bit more empathy, which is not to say, you, you know, you can't be empathetic if you have children. Mm. But for me personally, I think it has rounded me a little mm. bit more in a way that's quite helpful for particularly what I do when I'm sort of relating and with coaching people with that. Yeah, totally. And do you think it's helped you sort of be able to compartmentalise as well? In that, do you go into <laughs> mummy mode and then business mode or do the two sort well, of Well, in theory, but then running your own business, I find it really difficult to stay in a box. <laughs> and especially my business partner, we have slightly different working patterns. So I'm really early bird. So I get up and I work and I'll do a bit of work before the children are up and in theory, spend time with my husband in the evening, but then my business partner's on the opposite yeah. end, so she works in the <laughs> evening. So it feels like not very contained at the moment. The child bit of it is quite contained because they go to sleep, uh, but the, the, the business seems to keep, keep So going. do you have to be really harsh on sort of, you know, bedtime so that you can do more work when they're asleep? Is it like that? Like... Seven o'clock. Um, in. <laughs> that's a really good three hours. I think I'm quite harsh at bedtime. Process I'm order. I'm harsh at bedtime. You have to, right? Yeah. <laughs> also, because I just want my dinner and I quite yeah. like that. I like seeing my husband and there's only so much children's TV I really want to watch. So I'm like, Literally, if you see those cows start singing on CBB, it's a wrap. Like, why are you up? Oh. <laughs> Yeah, Just being you honest. lot are costing me money. <laughs> Get to sleep. <laughs> and then a nice bedtime kiss. <laughs> Just <a song. laughs> oh, this has been too much fun. Okay, I've got one final question, but I'm going to ask you one more before that. So if you were to say to any mother out there, 
who is not feeling confident. We're talking about sort of three years out and, you know, who thinks, oh, nobody wants me because all I got is mummy brain and so on. What is a bit of advice you can give them about sort of building up their self-esteem? I find my girlfriends, when they have a baby, like six months in, they're like, oh, I'm going to leave my husband. I'm like, oh, no, you're not. Because nothing (laughs) seems to level out till the kid is about two. Mm. Like, literally, it's not until my daughter turned two I felt like I could breathe or I could really look at my new body in the mirror. And And your partner could get really involved. Yeah, I just think anything before two, you're just really putting the pressure on and your confidence will come back. It won't be the confidence you had before because you're no longer that person. Okay, Like, you won't even wear the same clothes because your body will change. That whole snapback idea it's like being in a hurry to get that body back it's not just take your time and I think there are cultures in different countries that respect motherhood and the maternity time that grace period whereas in the western world it's like I've got to get back on form I've got to do this like I'm from the Caribbean we are just chill (laughs) AF and we have um, that kid my family are African (laughs) yeah Yeah. like the bigger the better it's all good we are just relaxing (laughs) (laughs) They're trying to feed you. Do you know what I mean? We are are chilling out. And that's how the confidence comes back, Mm. I think. Yeah, take your time. My advice would be to move from a a limiting belief to a limitless belief. (laughs) Miss Squiggly over there. Follow the one line. I'll I'll explain. So um, I see a lot of people preparing to be pregnant and they prepare for years. They'll be thinking about this for years in their career or when they're coming back from work and they have these like what I think of as like a limiting belief. So I'm not good enough, you know, I'm not going to be great at my job, I'm not relevant anymore, all these like really like negative yeah. thoughts and stories that they'll tell themselves. Yeah. And that does not help. And somebody. they lose their sense of self and Absolutely. identity. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think we have to reframe this limiting belief. We kind of have to put it up and go, actually, what is this story that I'm telling myself? So I think you have to admit that for a start. So I might say, okay, I remember when I was at Virgin and I'd gone off maternity leave and I came back and the business had moved on quite a bit and, and then my kind of limiting belief that I was telling myself was that I didn't have the skills for that job anymore. And I was like, I don't have the skills for that job anymore. That was like the thing that, that was going around my head. So I think you have to put it up and then I think you have to reframe it and create a limitless belief. So something that's way more empowering than this negative thing that you've been telling yourself. So if I think about my example at Virgin, a more limitless belief would be something like, I've never been more inspired to do my best work or I've never been more able to build an authentic team or or something that you're like okay this moment is a really positive moment turn it on its head yeah Yeah. that's the thing I'm going to say to myself every day when I go instead of filling my my bucket with this negative chat I'm going to go this is the day I'm going to be my best at work. Yeah. So you still acknowledge you're in new territory and you're on new ground yeah but actually it's an opportunity to be excited by Absolutely. as opposed to be frightened by. Yeah, and you just have to find the statement that works for you and it's mm. specific to everybody and sometimes it can... Are these like affirmations? Yeah, like okay. an affirmation, like a mantra. We mm. like, we'll think of it as like a limitless belief, but so many people, and it's not just mothers, actually lots of people have these, I, you know, I'm going to get found out, I'm no good at yeah. this, all this stuff. And the more we say that stuff to ourselves, the more we hold ourselves back at work. And so we just need to create a slightly more empowering narrative for ourselves and use that at work. I love it. Okay, so my final question uh, is a question we ask everybody that comes on the show. Who is your champion? If you could pick a person or a story that has inspired you to believe in yourself, what would it be? Or who would it be? Oh, 
I think it's got to be my nan, you know. Oh, and really? we, we don't. What's really funny is we don't even get on that well. <laughs> Does but, she know that? Because if she listens to this, oh, she totally knows that. She <laughs> but after thirty-seven years, I watched her get out of an abusive marriage, and I just think the power behind that, the grace behind it. And when I say abusive, because I was raised by them, I was sometimes caught between literal weapons. And I remember police coming when I was really young. She was getting into her 50s and you'd been with this man forever. And to see her now, she does ballroom dancing four times a week and she's always gardening. And, you know, she was able to continue paying the mortgage by herself. Whenever I'm just a bit, oh, I can't do this. I don't have this. I'm like, hold on. I come from good stock. These amazing women. Yeah. yeah. Like, even if she doesn't know it, she might know it now. Whenever I'm feeling a bit, uh, I'm like, nah, Nan had this. It's fine. Wow. Yeah. What's her name? Vern. Vernor. Vernor. Vernor, we salute you. (laughs) Um, I think I feel so, so lucky that my best friend has become my business partner. And that, I mean... And you're still friends. I know, I know, (laughs) touch wood. I know, but um, to have somebody that's constantly at the end of the phone, that um, she inspires me all the time. She's very different to me. I think the support, the challenge, the advocacy, the selflessness. Mm. Um, I it feels I know that when if I do something wrong in the business, it's fine, and if we do something brilliant together, it's all fine. It's, mm. it, and it's just that constant support to have from somebody that I work with day in day out. And you know, whatever happens with our business, whatever happens with our squiggly career, she'll be there as a friend first. Mm-hmm. And that for me is I know I'm lucky to have it. Yeah, and I'll treasure it. It's yeah. a very uh, unique position. Yeah, good for you. So just before we go, what else have you both got coming up? Anything you want to? Tell us about uh, my book comes out next May. It's called I Am Not Your Baby Mother. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Gina's gonna laugh. Tell it like it is. <laughs> Very strong title. That's a podcast. I know. I am not your baby oh, mother. Oh my gosh, I got to write that. That down. is good. <laughs> that's um, a podcast, and that Love comes it. out May next year. And that's what my focus is right now. I feel like that's the cherry so you're on in the top. writing process. Yeah, that's the cherry on top to making people understand the different versions of motherhood that are out there. Brilliant. And Helen, your book as well, no? Yeah, the book's out in January. And so, yeah, we've gone through the writing process. I think you're still in it. It's yeah. hard, isn't it? I think June's the expert, so we should get some tips from her. Uh, but yeah, The Squiggly Career's out in January. You can pre-order it now. So I'm just excited about like reaching new people with all those tools and yeah. helping them with stuff. Well, thank you both so much for coming on the show today. You've been absolutely fantastic. And how lucky are your children to have such Aww. great mothers. So Very kind of you. They are some smart kids for picking you, uh, both of <laughs> Uh, so that's it uh, if you want to find out more about how NatWest supports female led businesses all you need to do is search NatWest Women in Business online thank you for listening bye bye